Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rain, the power of you, a podcast about becoming the leader of your life and truly succeeding on your terms. I'm your host, Sharon Bakir. You might know me on Instagram as The Empowerist. Listening here will give you everything I've learned in 10 years of leadership coaching, as well as myself having survived death, trauma, and recovery to thrive once again. I've created this podcast for people just like you who are on the brink of transformation and ready to live powerfully in every part of your life. Every episode focuses on life fulfillment, self-esteem, and deep growth. We give you the tools, strategies, and techniques to apply so that you can live your most powerful life. Plus, we regularly feature humans who are serious badasses to keep you inspired. I love hearing from my community, so wherever you're listening from, drop me a photo or screenshot on Instagram, and remember to say hi with a tag. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Now, last week, I spoke to you about reflection and how I personally process my past year. If you missed out on that episode, don't forget to check it out. I covered off my framework for how I personally self-coach myself at the end of every year and how we can process all that's happened through various lenses for acknowledgement, fulfillment, a sense of farewell to everything that's happened in 2020 and how we can learn from the year that's passed. If you did catch that episode, you would know that I'm actually running a masterclass tomorrow, 8th of December 2020, if you're wondering or listening to this later, taking participants through all of the framework that I use to self-coach myself in depth and detail and asking gentle but essential prompts for you to journal and really calibrate how you feel about the year we've all just had. If that sounds interesting to you, don't forget to hop on Insta or LinkedIn and DM me, and I'll be more than happy to send you a link so you can slide in onto the workshop too. What you may not know, though, is that next week I'm also doing another masterclass in collaboration with Carly from Technobird. Now, Carly is an incredible human being who's a rock star in the realm of digital business and general business. And she, being the community leader that she is, has organized a goal-setting workshop, particularly for small business owners, for those of us who are ready to look into 2021 with fresh eyes and a mindset to meet some milestones. Now, Since saying goodbye to 2020 and looking ahead to 2021 is on the forefront of everyone's minds, I thought I'd chat to you today about the things we really need to do before setting out on goal setting as an exercise, particularly when it's the end of the year. Some of these questions involve a deep reflection of the year past. Some of these things involve evaluation of where our life is at and where we truly want to go. And some of it depends on the landscape or environment we're currently in and plan to be in. Now, why do I want to talk about this? Well, I have been coaching in group workshops for corporates and the public for a decade in personal mastery, productivity, and goal setting, amongst other things. And one of the things I see happen again and again and again, no matter who I'm coaching or where I'm coaching, is the focus between just two aspects of goal setting. These two aspects are the destination and the sprint. The traditional goal setting model tells us to decide on a destination and then design your method of sprinting towards it. Achieve, achieve, achieve. Choose a destination, sprint, choose a destination, choose a destination, sprint, choose a destination, sprint again and again on a hamster wheel of chasing goals and bucket lists. And that's what traditional goal setting is. It's often no surprise to me then that when people come to me, highly accomplished people, people who seem to have it all, people who are highly successful, come to me and they describe feeling like they lack life fulfillment or they feel like they're constantly chasing success but aren't actually sure anymore what that success looks like or perhaps that the goals are starting to feel empty. Well, it becomes obvious to me that what we are lacking in a societal structure that values goal success is in educating people on how to choose actual meaningful goals. 
goals that are realistic, goals that are full of life fulfillment, goals that are not centered around success, but around sometimes just being good enough. Goals that take us closer to our desired life destination, not goals that look good just for the status quo. Goals that are hinged on our ability to execute them, not goals that we think we should have because of pressure from our friends and family, but aren't really able to execute. As a society, we value achievement, winning, success. And we find that really inspirational when people go on to achieve their dreams and goals. Which is all well and good, but the reality is that not everyone can win everything and not everyone can succeed at everything. And there's a real reason that some of the most inspirational succeeders and achievers in life, Gary Vee is a great example, will achieve a high level of wealth and achieve a huge level of success and then do some deep soul searching and reflection and realize that doesn't make them fulfilled at all. And then turn it all around and say to people, well, actually don't chase what I have, chase happiness and fulfillment because that's way more important. And you know what? They're right. If we spend our life only chasing inspirational goals, then we will never actually live the life that we aspire to. We will instead spend it dependent on the neurological highs of adrenaline and dopamine when we chase the wins. So to me, to set up a truly valuable goal-setting exercise, well, I always want everyone I coach to evaluate a few things first before we even think about the goals we want to design. And so here are the four big questions, the four big, huge coaching questions I ask anybody who comes to me for goal setting coaching before we even choose a goal for them to map out. The first question is, where is my life right now? And the sub questions to that are, am I happy with where my life is? Am I feeling fulfilled? Am I feeling valued or of value? Am I providing value to the world? What brings me fulfillment on a daily basis? Who am I? What do I like and what do I dislike? Now, my reasons for asking these questions are to know if the goals we are choosing are aligned with what we enjoy in our life or if we're just doing it because we think we should. To understand if the goals we choose will make us more fulfilled or if they will take us away from the fulfillment we currently have. And if that's worthwhile, if that's the case. And if the goals we desire will help us feel more valuable in the work we're doing in the world and or create more value for the world or feel less so. If the goals we are choosing take us away from what makes us feel more alive, then it's quite possible that we are choosing the wrong goals in the first place and no level of success or achievement will help us get closer to feeling soul-filled by its execution. On the other hand, if the goal we choose takes us away from what makes us feel more alive, but we consciously make that decision because we're actually okay with it in the short term, then that's your choice too. There's absolutely no right or wrong way to choose a goal, but there is a huge difference between consciously choosing a goal and then choosing a goal that you're just swept up in in the moment. And this is what I'm trying to get people away from. The good example for me would be running a marathon when I consider this question of what's going on in my life and who am I? For some people, Running helps to clear their head. It makes them more productive. The sense of rigorous training provides extra discipline in their daily life and career. For those people, having a goal of running a marathon would clearly be answered by these questions because running would be something that makes them feel immensely fulfilled, very valuable in their sense of self, and provide more value to the world because they would be emotionally and psychologically regulated by the process of training and running. For me, however... I hate running. I don't know how many of you feel the same way, but I really dislike how my body feels when I'm doing it. And in fact, when I run long distances, I find myself getting more and more annoyed as the minutes scroll past. And so whilst it may feel amazing to me, if I had a goal of running a marathon, to be able to tell people about that one time I trained successfully and completed a marathon, 
For me, it wouldn't tick any of those boxes in terms of suitability to my life. It would make me spend copious amounts of time doing something unenjoyable. It would take me away from things I could spend my time doing that make me far more happy. And the psychological annoyance I would feel whilst doing it would not help me create more value in the world. And so with this example, it's quite clear that getting honest about our likes, dislikes, and what makes us feel fulfilled in life is incredibly important in choosing our goals. Now, the second big question I like to ask is, where do I want my life to be? What does success look like to me? The sub-questions to this would be, what things in life do I need to feel successful and what things in life don't I need to feel successful for because being good enough is just good enough? Where do I want to direct my energy for ultimate success? And how do I want to be and who do I want to be in the future? Now, the reasons for asking these questions are to decide on a few high quality goals each year that truly drive me to my vision of my future, not just goals that are just temporary or fleeting. To know the vision that we have for our life so well so that we can say no with ease and clarity to any goals that take us away from this vision, even if we feel a sense of FOMO and a sense of unachievement. And lastly, to direct our energy towards what really matters to us and not expend silly energy and waste it on things that may look good on paper and look good as a lifestyle, may look good for the gram, but actually don't matter for the life we desire and are designing. Bringing us back to the good old marathon analogy. For some people, the success and achievement of running a marathon would be integral to their sense of self, sense of achievement, and aligned with the vision that they have for their future or even their profession or personal life. Therefore, training for a marathon would be a wonderful way to direct their energy towards a vision that they see clearly. Perhaps they have a higher vision for that marathon. Perhaps they raise funds for a cause that they feel very strongly about. Either way, they have a reason to direct their energy towards that because it takes them closer to the vision they see for their life. For me, though, the hundreds of hours I would need to spend training for a marathon would mean that my energy is wasted. Because it would not take me closer to the life I desire in the future, it would in fact exhaust me physically and emotionally so that I'm unable to design and execute my personal vision. And whilst I might feel a sense of FOMO that everyone around me seems to be achieving in this arena and everyone is running a marathon, in fact, quite a lot of my friends are quite avid sports people and marathon runners. So for me, there is some FOMO there. It would really be detrimental to who I want to become to have that same goal. The third big question I like to ask is, is my vision and are these goals realistic? Now, the sub questions that come along with that are, do I have the capability to achieve them? Do I have the skills required, the talent involved, the time commitment, the financial investment required, support of my friends, family, or community? Now, the reasons for asking this set of questions are, that when we lack the talent to achieve in an arena where we may have to compete with other people, then we may have to modify the goal or bin the end result ideas, or we may have to accept that we may not win and be okay with it. A great example is that in my other career where I'm a professional dancer, I once went to the World Latin Dance Championships to perform and compete on a global level. I was really realistic that I probably wouldn't come first, but I would really, really like to achieve top five. And if I came top three, that I would be ecstatic and over the moon with my results. Now, some people would have gone into that goal and say, well, I'm going to compete at the World Dance Championships. I have to come first and I want to come first. But I knew realistically that as a woman who was in her late 30s, who had been pregnant a couple of times, there was probably not a chance that competing against early 20s human beings who have, you know, really, really supple and physically strong bodies 
it just probably wouldn't happen. And so I had to become realistic about the end result of the goal. The goal remained the same to go and compete at the world, but the end result of the goal had to be modified to calibrate my sense of reasonability. And as an addition to this, I decided that the goal was actually the process, the process of training, the process of choreography, the process of getting there, the process of being on a world arena and sharing the stage with some of the world's best dancers. And when that became the goal, I became far more driven to achieve that to the best of my ability rather than becoming hung up on the end result or the placement, which was really healthy. Spoiler alert, I did end up coming second. So I was ecstatic with that. And that made me really happy. Now, when we lack the capability to achieve the goal, then we may either have to accept that it may take us double the amount of time or triple the amount of time than someone who does have the capability, or we may have to modify the end game, as we said before, or we may have to turf the goal completely if it's simply outside of our scope. As an example, if we would like to be a scientist and invent a cure for a medical condition, but we lack medical education, expertise, experience, or background, then we may have to accept that this may be setting ourselves up for failure in the first place. When we lack the time or financial ability to invest in a goal, it may also greatly hamper our vision of success or may slow us down. We may have to become okay with this. Now, this isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes it makes us really inventive and we may learn to bootstrap or redesign the how of our goal being achieved. So it becomes more efficient or we harness resourcing. But asking the question in the first place, do I have the time and do I have the finances to invest in this goal, really helps us get clarity on what we need to do here. Lastly, support of friends and family or community is not always essential. I have embarked on many life goals that have seemed harebrained, silly, outrageous to so many people I know. One example would be me starting dancing for the first time when I was 20 and then deciding I was going to open a dance school in a landscape of dancers who had been dancing all their lives. But the key is to know who we are. For someone who craves and desires acceptance and community support to function happily, then maybe this goal isn't a great path for our mental health and sense of self. So we have to really question if it's worthwhile for us to go against the grain here. The key is to remember that who we are really matters, right? For someone like For someone who craves acceptance in their family and community relationships, then going against the grain can really detract from their confidence, self-esteem, and self-acceptance. And it can also really hamper their relationships and connection to human beings, which is really important. For someone like me, though, rejection actually strengthens me. I love going against the status quo. So the more that people question me or don't believe in me, the more I'm fueled to achieve it. So in my scenario, it actually guarantees my perseverance and resilience in the goal. Once again, the key is to understand who we are and then ascertain if the above notes are going to make or break the goals we choose. Now, the final question is, am I in the right season of life for this goal? Now, this is the shortest question. It has no sub-questions at all, but it's possibly the most important one because the season of life we are in makes or breaks our goals. We may have to be willing to park a goal for the future, reevaluate and come back to it later on, or accept that it needs to be delayed. I'll use myself as a simple example. Many of you know that in early 2020, my husband and I decided to uproot our family and young children to move overseas from Melbourne, Australia to Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates. In doing so, I had to decide to shut down my two successful businesses of over a decade and start afresh. At the time, this seemed like a totally fine proposition because a large goal I'd had for a couple of years in my coaching practice was to take it online and global. And the move overseas and the shutting down of my in-person coaching practice in Melbourne seemed like the perfect kick up the bum to catalyze me into finally achieving a goal that I had parked and put aside for two years. 
Now, I'd parked the goal for two years precisely because of this question about being in the right season of life. I'd spent those two years recovering from major medical trauma and having a very premature baby. Both of us needed multiple surgeries, some major, and frankly, for the two years, my family needed my attention and it was better and easier for all of us that I had an already established business just ticking over and working to a routine and in a regular way. It was not the time to launch a global business. I felt strongly, though, that 2020 would be my perfect year. I was all recovered, my baby was all healthy and got the all clear, and he was two, and I thought, this is the time. You know, my kids don't need me as much now because they're not newborn babies anymore. I'm moving overseas. I'm going to launch this global business. My plan was to move to Abu Dhabi by early April and start pushing myself through the paces of launching the business and growing it. So to me, this last crucial question, am I in the season of life for this goal? Hell yes, I was in the right season of life for this goal. But listener, this did not happen. (laughs) Spoiler. COVID happened instead. And I'm sure for many of us, this will be a familiar story. In all the international border closures and lockdowns around the world, you know, a lot of our goals did not go the way we had planned. We ended up only arriving in Abu Dhabi a few weeks ago, on the 1st of November to be exact. And frankly, with quarantine lockdown and settling our family in and reuniting with my husband and getting medicals and government paperwork sorted, getting the kids acclimatized to life here, settling them down in a new school, and me learning about a new way of living and having to make friends from scratch, it hasn't been the right time now either. It was a really hard pill to swallow this year, having to defer my vision again after I'd felt like I'd been so patient and waited so long and through such hardship. But when I asked myself, In May, actually, when I started off the Empowerus account whilst I was stuck overseas due to COVID, I started the Empowerus Instagram account because I felt that in the absence of being able to achieve this new big goal of launching a new business, that I would at least start an Instagram account because it would feel like some kind of salve. When I asked myself, am I in the right season of life to do the full launch of a new business? I had to admit that I wasn't. I had young kids to support through a global pandemic, a life that was straddling multiple countries. I didn't have my partner with me, and I was too exhausted from solo parenting to even contemplate embarking on it. This last question is so essential. But really, these series of questions are so essential to choosing the right goals for us, especially as we embark on a new year and are caught up in the frenzy of saying goodbye to 2020. And seriously, how much are we saying a firm and hard goodbye 2020 leave? (laughs) It's truly relished by so many of us, I think. And hoping and desperately wishing for a much better 2021. Now, I can't promise you a much better 2021. I can only promise you that 2021 is coming and we have to choose the right milestones and goals to achieve in our own life based on these questions. And if you find yourself craving some goal setting work, try asking yourself these questions first in choosing the right goals for you. There's no right or wrong way to go about it. You could sit down with a friend and ask each other these questions. You could sit down with a journal and journal your responses to these questions. You could even just sit down and contemplate the questions mentally. But I will promise that they will give you huge clarity in choosing the right goals for you. And then and only then can you do the much needed work of mapping out the goal, designing our lifestyles around it, and getting really clear on what is needed and planning it out to achieve them. Now, this will lead to true goal success because most people can attain and achieve a goal. I find this in life. Most people can achieve a goal they've set out to do. Yes, some of us struggle with procrastination. Yes, some of us struggle with distraction. Yes, some of us struggle with time management. And frankly, a lot of us struggle with life issues that block us from our goals. These are all perfectly normal. 
But push comes to shove, we usually can achieve a couple of goals a year if we put our minds to it. But what we don't often achieve is the alignment of satisfaction and life fulfillment from achieving these goals. And that is what I wish for everyone in the world. Now, if you found the above questions useful and have chosen the goals you desire and you're ready to start mapping them out, you might think about joining the goal setting workshops I'm running with Carly from Technobred next week, 15th of December to be exact. Good, intense sessions of action where we learn frameworks to truly get into a mode of achievement and success in planning out our goals and how to game our natural procrastination, distraction and motivation bugbears so that we can actually achieve the goals we have chosen to align in our life with our ultimate vision. Because that, my friends, that is true success. If you're interested, drop me a direct message and I'll send you all the information about the goal setting course. But in the meantime, I hope you found this one useful. And if you did, let me know because I love knowing how these techniques impact your life and whether or not I should keep going on these topics. Till next time, and I hope you're having the end of year that you truly desire and require. Remember to take some time for you and stay kind to yourself. Until next time, bye folks. Thank you so much for listening. My name's Sharon Pakir. You might know me on Instagram as The Empowerist. Please come on Instagram, follow me, tag me. If you're listening to this right now, take a screenshot, add it to your stories. I love knowing where my listeners are from and I love knowing that the podcast is something that made a difference in your life. Thank you everybody and see you next time.